Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another high resolution. I'm Seamus Byrne. And joining me this week is Costa. Uh, I've gone and flubbed your surname again. Can you please Andriatis. introduce yourself? Andriatis. Uh, yes. <laughs> writer um, extraordinaire. F- yeah, famed writer, fabulous member of the journalistic fraternity. And we're going to catch up on what's going on with E3 2021. Uh, it's virtual. It's online. It means some crazy kind of sleepless nights for many an Aussie journo. Um, but it's always Fun and interesting along the way, and at least we didn't have to get on airplanes this year, um, <laughs> which you know is really is a a, a thing <laughs> at the moment. We missed it, and hmm. we kind of as much as we didn't want to have to do it at all um, this time uh, around. Yeah. Although, if somebody said, "Hey, how does a non-stop fifteen-hour flight sound right about now?" You'd probably go, "Yeah, why not?" <laughs> I haven't yeah, been yeah. anywhere. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, just the just the sitting there. Doesn't have to leave the tarmac. Just you just won't let... actually have to do anything. You just you have fifteen hour break. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds perfect. Especially <laughs> now because E three has begun. Yeah, and I like I have literally checked the date of when E three starts multiple times this week because I keep thinking, okay, it starts on the weekend. I, the official dates are the twelfth to the fifteenth, mm-hmm. uh, but we've had so many announcements drop over the last few days yes it's it always ends before it begins yeah (laughs) and then it's like you know there's always like those even like the in-person event there's like three days on the show floor but the show's like done by then like in terms of the announcements all all the new stuff i mean obviously you know there's you know playing the games and speaking to devs and catching up with people all that good stuff but all like the big bombshell things happen you know beforehand and now like weeks beforehand and this year, like going digital means everybody just gets to spread it out. Yeah. It was like a couple of weeks ago, Horizon Forbidden West. I mean, you, yeah. I mean Sony isn't technically a part of E3 anymore, but that's a pretty massive announcement. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is such a good example, isn't it, of the nature of E3 itself has changed so much over the years and that so many companies have kind of caught under that whole thing going, you know, like we could spend an awful lot of money to mm. put a booth on the show floor or we could just kind of run our own stuff around the edges of it or, you know, just wait for that little window where there aren't 
100 different companies announcing something at the same time and instead yeah. just go, yeah, here, we'll drop our own announcement two weeks later or two weeks before and we get clear air because there's no one there's, else really. There's no other industry that, that does it, right? Like the music industry doesn't come together and say like every label is come, for this for these three days, we're going to announce every album that's going to come out for the next year and a music journal is going to be to have to try and cover that. Or when, like the movie, all the like movie companies, <laughs> all the movie studios come together, and it's like one weekend, and it's like here's all the movies for the next year, you know. Yeah, apart, what are you supposed to do apart from obviously cover the Tom Cruise Mission Impossible? You know, and I mean, I think it's kind of a weird evolution, right? Because that's the kind of thing where, as an industry event, you know, some of this stuff, you know, the, that classic thing where. They would be trying to show off what are the games that are coming out later in the year to people who buy for the retail stores and all that kind of stuff. Like That's that right. side of these sorts of industry events. That's where did it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and that it's just then a trade show. Be- it, yeah, it. and it became this other thing along the way that did sort of mean they just felt like they had to go bigger and bigger for the public splash. And in so many ways, you're like, yeah, um, is that really the bit that's worth your money, or is it better to just Go, yeah, we're just going to make sure we wine and dine the buyers of the major retailers and, you know, get them on board with putting our stuff on shelves. But, of course, look, geez, yeah, everything's so virtual now. A shelf is even a thing anymore as their primary <laughs> mechanism for selling mm. things, uh, can, especially can you, not. Can you imagine, like, seeing a PlayStation 5 sitting on a shelf, what that would even look like? <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I haven't even seen a, a game store shelf I dream of seeing a PlayStation 5 <laughs> sitting on a shelf. Um, yeah, I lucked out on my Xbox Series X. I did not have any luck so far with the PlayStation 5. Um, so, you know, that's 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 the dream for some time in 2021. <laughs> um, but, you know, hopefully by Christmas 2022. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> that's Yeah, I know. But that's, a, that's how they get you. Like, there'll yeah. be delays for the next few months and then that'll extend. And yeah, and then it'll re- reach the point where I'm actually kind of thinking, well, now do I hold out for the PS5 Pro because like, <laughs> yeah, that's always the thing. That's like the phone, the new phone. So like, <laughs> yeah. new phones are so like come out so in quick succession that you can be sitting on like a phone for four years longer than you would have just because you're like, well, maybe the next Pixel, well, maybe the next Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the lesson is never wait. Always buy the shiny new thing when mm-hmm. you can. That's and the list. And, you know, getting it back to E3, E3 is all about hype. Yeah. And, I like, I love the spectacle. Like, I I mean, yeah. the glitz and saying, like, hey, like, it's like, you know, lights dim and explosion, new trailer or whatever. I mean, it, it's it's all just, you know, <laughs> a, a, you know, a smoke show really. Like, you know, it's yeah. a, a lights and dazzle and, you know, music and everything going crazy. But. You know that that spectacle, like it, it, you know, it's hard not to get swept up in it. Yeah, and yeah, I love how over the years we've had to also get the whole idea of the, you know, they'll have to caption something as real gameplay because people have felt so burned over the years by, you know, oh yeah, fake footage. The E3 trailer versus reality. Um, there's a few of those. You, I mean, you don't want to call out certain publishers but there's like a few very famous ones of like you know and (laughs) but they've kind of like moved away from that like but the thing is with trailers is that like i most of the publishers and developers are kind of learning that you have to show 
at least some gameplay or if it's going to be like you can only get away with like that sort of cinematic you know cgi trailer like once like for a teaser or an announcement yeah when it comes to like trying to drum up excitement or like you know if or if it is the big reveal or people want to see it then you have to show what it looks like yeah <laughs> or else people are like yeah i mean it's interesting but like that's the only way to get hype and that's how like sony has traditionally just you know always wowed e3 because they've come out on stage and go here's 10 minutes of god of war you know here's like 10 minutes of horizon or ghost of tsushima and then everybody's like okay you know sony has won e3 and, yeah you know, and that, this is all you know, before e3 begins you know because they all do their big shows but you know, that's kind of like they're, they're always the best stuff those those unexpected deep dive gameplay moments and that goes yeah. back to like you know the first time we saw half-life 2 that was yeah. like presented at e3 is like a 15 minute gameplay slice and you got yeah. to see like the gravity gun and all that sort of stuff halo 2 as well like yeah. a big invasion big spectacle like those sort of like you know impressive like chunks of of gameplay even cyberpunk you know but obviously that launch didn't go as planned or <laughs> as yeah. hoped but you know like you know these vertical slices and developers spend so much money just on these e3 demos yeah they could spend like a, you know a team could be spending like eight months just working on the e3 presentation which is like weird when you consider like you know shouldn't you be making the game <laughs> yeah but you know it is i guess it's a good way for them isn't it to like to be testing a lot of the tech that they're building for the game and it's you know that hope is if you nail that bit then a lot of the wider work is just you know getting the level designs right and getting the you know set pieces and all that stuff but if all of the tech works in that little 10 minute Mm -hmm. window then the tech works (laughs) yeah and and the you know the text that you love to see is like captured on you know playstation 5 or captured on xbox series because then you go okay so this is not running in some hypothetical high-end supercomputer yeah, environment. Yeah, on like a yeah, it's actually running on RTX a console. thirty eighty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, of the stuff we've seen so far, and then we can kind of we'll start with the what are the cool things so far, and then the what's left, <laughs> what's left to see. Um, but what of the early reveals um, has jumped out for you as stuff that actually does you know help make your heart sing for the future of games <laughs> well that's it's a that's a big call i mean like i don't know if my heart <laughs> sings because yeah. battlefield 2042 presents a near future war ravaged by climate change <laughs> where like there's only the united states and russia left and then refugees like millions and millions of refugees forming their own groups and fighting joining each side just to whatever so it's like it presents right. like, not a, heart you know, <laughs> a very hopeful vision of where we're going to be but at the same time all that is is essentially just a you know i mean a setting for battlefield you know dialed up to 11 so to speak because it's 128 players which is double the size so that's yeah. already just you know increasing the spectacle it's bringing you know modern uh, i guess like you know modern vehicles uh modern weapons but then also like real-time weather like dynamic weather that weather stuff looks really good yeah and we've been promised dynamic weather so many times over the years and we've we've heard it so many times yeah as well yeah but this looks really really good yeah and and i got to speak to the design director and asked him about like the tornado you know like the giant tornado that just appears and you know like the question is like is this scripted 
like you know like are you going to be playing around and it's like okay this on this map you're always going to see a tornado and it can always appear in one of these three spaces because like yeah within two days there'll be um you know a thing that you can log on online and and it'll tell you on if you're on this server you're going to see a tornado here in three minutes yeah like they did the best park a tank in this location (laughs) and it will get thrown towards yeah (laughs) yeah like when destiny 2 came out like you could go to a site and it will show you where the world events are going to happen for the next hour like you're going to be like you'll be in the map you go oh let's go over here because it's going to be there in five minutes but anyway like this is like proper dynamic like they're not scripted they're not they don't always appear but not only that like it's they're designed obviously to look amazing and and you know like to be that sort of like wow moment in the trailer or in the reveal or just in in the game um but they're designed to kind of like just play into like the f- crazy physics and uh, of battlefield you know that stuff where you can yeah. strap grenades or c4 to a helicopter and you know and just hopper over something and then just jump out and you know and then explode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like the the tornadoes actually pick up debris and there's even just like smaller like little dust devil type thingos and like like you know wind storms and things like that so you can actually be running around and get hit by debris and, uh, debris and take damage um so like the tornado can you know whip up you know a vehicle and you know like and spit it out and they could like land on you yeah and that's not like scripted that's just like the physics doing its thing yeah. and because it's a giant tornado just messing with the game's physics like all this crazy stuff is is just bound to happen yeah and and that's kind of like what makes it seem really really cool and really sort of like the next next gen sort of like version of the game yeah and it's totally the kind of stuff and i think i don't know if i mean i guess they probably do these days think you know it's an important all like semi-marketing semi just you know meme fodder type thing to know that if you build a really good dynamic slash random mechanic into your game it is going to lead to some awesome footage on youtube yeah and it's just gonna make more people kind of think oh my god i want to see crazy stuff like that too so i need to get this game definitely yeah i'm like you know sandstorms this and that like dying day night changes and yeah. and it's just also as well like the other thing about 2042 is i mean it's multiplayer only um you can play against bots there's no campaign. I mean, it's just pretty much pure Battlefield, which is fine for fans. Obviously, those that love single-playing campaigns, there may not be much there for them. But the actual maps themselves just look like places that you would want to explore. Yeah. Like there's one on in Antarctica, at like a science or like oil, like refinery installation, like with giant ice walls and and you know like in like hover hovercraft like massive hovercrafts that go over the ice and stuff like you know with like blizzards and then you got one like on a small island where there's a giant rocket that can take off into space and like it, it can actually you can affect it apparently i think i was like like will it always take it like can you blow it up and you know they didn't say yes or no but like the the hint is that you'll be able to mess with a rocket launching and yeah. you know there's all these sort of like you know each, there's seven maps but each one kind of like has that sort of like really so like cool place that you would just want to actually see and they don't feel i mean they are maps but they're not just like you know we've come a long way from you know quake dm1 and q3 dm2 and yeah. <laughs> all those sort of like you know just maps yeah and look i think there's also something to be said for the fact that uh you know that we're talking 128 player um multiplayer environments but that i 
I kind of think there's something really cool about the fact that, like, in some ways it shouldn't even need to be said, but there's no battle royale, and that's you know mm-hmm. that's kind of one of those things that's come out from it. But that by not even going there, but having that scale, I kind of feel like yeah. there's probably a lot of people who, you know, part of that attraction of BR was these kinds of epic scale combat scenarios. And there is something to be said for its ability to attract a group of people who have never really done this kind of style of PvP, but that this scale is going to kind of make me, well, oh, and, like, I don't get knocked out of the round immediately. Like, there's a respawn sort of thing. Mm. Oh, cool. Like, here's a different way to think about large-scale PvP. Definitely. And I think you're right, exactly right. So, like, I think one of the big allures or initially or even still now of Battle Royales is the scale, like 100 players, right? It's like, okay, 100 players. Like PUBG was like, wow, 100 players all jump in. And obviously the nature of the Battle Royale last man standing is a key component, but that scale is a large part of it. And I think, you know, people have always been asking with Battlefield the last few years, it's like, you know, they tried the Battle Royale and it's like, well, you're kind of like, old school or you know get with it get with the times where's your battle royale mode but i think just going 128 players you're right like it it almost takes that question off the table because you've got that scale now yeah and that should make yeah i again i think it's the kind of thing where you'll hear stories come out from other people playing it that makes you go okay i need to get in there and check it out too um all right what other stuff have we seen so far uh, mm-hmm. i know i guess yeah, on it very on a, very early today <laughs> yeah it's like on a tech level uh overnight we had uh, you know xbox and microsoft talking up ah, I, yes. I guess even yeah. sort of the the post future of xbox of not even needing a console under the under the mm. thing anymore um but then that also then led into a whole bunch of other yeah announcements. At, I, I'm confused if it was called um, is it Summer Games Fest or what kind? Yes, of, Summer that, Game Summer yeah. Game Fest uh, presented by you know Jeff Keeley, Mister yes, Game right. Awards, and you know he's always been a part of the E3 digital sphere. Yeah, yeah. for a while now. Yeah, but yeah, like the the Xbox stuff was pretty much like. Um, I guess, business-driven in terms of, like, you know, how they're presenting Xbox more more to the global market versus gamers because, obviously, the big Xbox game stuff is happening on Sunday night, early Monday morning in Australia. So the stuff yeah. that happened last night was was basically, you know, all about this weird future where Xbox means everything. Yeah, and I think in some ways it jumps out at me that, you know, like, it really speaks to how much might be, you know, needing to fit into their main event. The the idea that they didn't want to take up, you know, a slice of the Xbox and Bethesda because they're comboing it up this year um, event. They've kind of gone, let's get this, you know, crunchy tech stuff out of the way as part of, okay, here's what the future of the platform is. And that way, you know, it can then be, I guess, you know, crazy game fest on the main stage you know at their core event and like so i kind of like that of all the pre 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 e3 things that have happened uh, i like that they've gone let's just like take a moment to get phil and satya to sit down and talk about the platform definitely and and it's actually cool stuff too it's like hey you know i mean it it all comes back to the game stuff which is what kind of makes it cool like it all like everything Basically, everything that they're going to show at their combined showcase with Bethesda 
is all going to, most of it will be coming to Xbox Game Pass, which is a subscription service. It's incredible value for money because you get every single first party game and hundreds of other games for a, you know, a, you know the price cheaper than Netflix, basically. Yeah. And you can download them on PC or console and play them at any time. So it's like, it's amazing value. Yeah. And they know it too. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is why kind of like everything is tying into it. So their cloud gaming, which is now a part of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, it's coming to Australia confirmed now uh, sometime, I guess, in the second half of the year. But that's going to be available on all Android devices. So that's phones and tablets. And it's also coming to iOS and basically every PC like very soon via Chrome uh, Edge, which also uses Chrome and Safari browsers, and then dedicated apps coming to PC and smart TVs yeah. um, later this year too. And all you'll need is a controller. But then they also said that um, they're adapting so you can actually just use a tablet as a controller as well, like as just the, the touchpad controls that they developed for, um, for like, you know, when you're playing on your phone because uh, there's a yeah, beta yeah, and I've yeah. tested it out. Like, you know, I mean, it's not ideal. I mean, a controller yeah. is always going to be the thing you choose but um yes you'll be able to so you won't even need to be aware of xbox really yeah you could just be you know somebody who's just connected and you've got your tablet and your smart tv and you're like all right install the game pass do the trial halo infinite and <laughs> and and i can just use my tablet or phone just be like oh, okay yeah i'm playing halo and also as well they're upgrading all the cloud server blades to be xbox series x hardware so they're going to be streaming uh, or at least offering 4K versions of the games or close to yeah. um, this year as well because currently everything is, all the cloud stuff is just running on Xbox One S tech. Mm. So it's 1080p but not really 1080p. <laughs> and, yeah, I think there's a really good point that sometimes, and like I know I'd kind of overlooked it for a long time as well, is um, that sometimes streaming might suit you if if you're just kind of running on an older PC or laptop, you know, and that it's like you can't run a new game at high spec, then oh, actually yeah. the streaming version of that game can give you a better experience, as, obviously as mm-hmm. long as your internet connection is good enough, but that all it's needing to do then is send you the visuals because all the processing is being done by them uh, and that it really can. If you, you know, you can't afford the upgrade that you wish for, Mm-hmm. You could still stream a game at a quality level that, you know, whatever your screen can handle is going to show you, you know, the really beautiful version of the game you're getting to play, which is a really cool option. Yeah, it's it's like it sounds like, okay, yeah, that, that that's cool. But, like, it's also as well something that as of right now is probably Microsoft is probably the only company that could do it. Because they've got the cloud yep. servers everywhere, yes. they've got the infrastructure, they've got so much money invested in in that in that side of it. Um, it's they're not just a Windows company. I mean, their main business now is this stuff. It is cloud computing. Um, it is AI stuff as well. So they could be leveraging their direct ML to potentially um, be able to save on bandwidth and make the games look as good as or almost as good as playing on an Xbox, even though you're streaming it. You know, like like this is this is something that's only going to get better, and they've got and and they're starting first, and they've also got they're and they're also in the best position to do it from an infrastructure basis too. So it's it's pretty exciting 
for the future of of what Xbox is going to become. Yeah, such a good point that you know Sony would need to you know like the in, the investment it needs to make in streaming technology. Um, yeah, means well, it needs to basically you know throw lots of money at a partnership with someone else to be able yeah. to do something at the same sort of scale. Whereas Microsoft's like, we're an integrated business; we can just hmm. do the thing. Um, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely, and and that's not to say that Sony needs to do it because you can. The PlayStation Five is selling out, and it's sold millions. I mean, there was a report the other day. Um, it was a third-party financial company, so I don't can't remember the name, but they estimating that it's like over 8 million have sold which basically means every single one that has been produced has sold yeah. <laughs> and and you know and that's a viable business the console business like isn't going anywhere so like sony can continue the playstation brand as is for the foreseeable future yeah absolutely hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, look, then that was like 11 p.m. last night was when that news dropped. Um, yeah. on Microsoft's kind of stuff. And then, you know, I've just, I've dialed up, uh, your ozgamers.com website. Uh, and it's like, there has been quite a string of news dropping all day long. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What for you are some of the highlights there? Um, that, you know, was the biggest aha or finally or whatever it might be. Um, the, the one that's kind of like just like, wow, that looks, amazing is the collaboration between the creator of dark souls and mr game of thrones himself george r, r. martin called elden ring it is yes. such a <laughs> high fantasy name for a game yes. welcome to the elden ring and that's basically the voice in the trailer i think as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um you know it was announced on the xbox stage a couple of years ago so it was just teased and we haven't seen anything since and there's kind of like you know there's the ongoing meme across the internet for any event that's happened since then um you know like elden ring gameplay elden ring gameplay when are we going to see it because dark souls is huge and obviously you know it's a pretty big deal so they showed gameplay and it's out like january next year so it's like wow and here it is it's like one of those cool things like you want to see when you see like a cool game, you want it to be out within a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you know, I mean, then delay it later or, you know, that always happens. But at the end of the day, like you don't want to be like left hanging. But yeah. anyway, like it's just this huge high fantasy world. It looks way bigger than any Dark Souls. I don't even particularly <laughs> like Dark Souls. It's too difficult for me. Yeah. But this I'm looks with you. cool. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got like 
amazing preacher design, great well-designed, huge open worlds, like weird stuff. Like, you know, it's not just um, standard high fantasy. Dark Souls kind of always has it. So, like, yeah, not just gothic, not just fantasy, but just, you know, just bizarre things. Like, you know, you can't really describe it, just original creature designs. Yeah, you're, like, genuinely monstrous. Yeah, monstrous This is unexpectedly, I can't immediately put this into a you know, a category of the kind of creature this happens to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, and this has got that. Awesome. <laughs> and the other like big one. Um, I'll, I'll jump. I, I'll just, the one obligatory thing I have to say yeah. about Elden Ring, of course, is that, you know, I entirely expect it will get pushed back at some stage before <laughs> we get to January, given that, you know, the man has not been able to finish the final book in his series. Yes. And it's been like five <laughs> years since the TV show finished almost. Mm. And, and he was saying he was going to have had the last book out before yep. the last season ever happened. And there yeah. was that, like when the show started, it was like, uh, when when do you reckon? It wasn't even, it was a question of, will the show ever catch up to the book series? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the fact that he's supposed to be still finishing writing another book and has found time to participate in making a video game, um, well, if the video game comes out before that book comes out, it'll be yet another reason for his book fans to be oh, like, yeah. damn you, George. <laughs> but that's the impression you get, like, with all these things he does. He loves a good side project. <laughs> he like, loves he, it. Like, like he wrote episodes or he wrote the teleplays of a few episodes of the Game of Thrones series, and you could guarantee that whenever that those credits came up on screen written by George R. R. Martin, like the actual episode was written by, there'd be fans just all over the world just like seething going, what are you doing writing what an episode? Doing? <laughs> <laughs> Sit down and finish the book. Yeah. So, yes, other cool things that were out there. Um, this is probably just because it's personal taste, but it is fairly big, um, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, the Borderlands spinoff. Yeah. Mm, now... The reason why is because Borderlands 2 had a DLC. It was the very last DLC that was a D&D campaign yeah. where Tiny Tina was a dungeon master and it was her very, very juvenile sense of humor mixed with the guns, mixed with fantasy, stereotypical stuff, just heightened to comic levels. Yeah. And so this is that, but a full game of that. I, with like I really full do like RPG mechanics. They're adding swords to the guns, which is very cool. <laughs> yep. But there's also Andy Samberg as a character, nice. and Will Arnett is voicing the Dragon Lord, the, the main villain. Awesome. So you already know it's like, okay, yeah, this is going to be cool. Yeah, and that's out next year too. And I do, I adore when companies come up with these kinds of spin-offs because you're like, here's a fun joke, and then it's like, oh, that joke has potential. Yep. And how big is that potential? Or oh, maybe it's really, really big. Maybe it is entire game worthy of its own. And just letting that kind of a team run, you know, and, and it's definitely, you know, the style of this game dev as well to kind of let a couple of people who probably went, hey, can we just like tool around with this silly idea for a while um, that they'd be given that permission to go on, you know, again, come up with a little slice and show us what you've got and then go, yeah, right, let's do it. So I'm I'm very keen for this one as well. Definitely. And if you're an Evil Dead fan, which I assume most people are, or yes. Bruce Campbell fan in general. Yeah. I mean, there's there has been an Evil Dead video game. I distinctly recall one like maybe from the PS2 era. <laughs> there was oh, but the, quite yeah, a good a mobile one. like tower defense style. 
game as well. So, yeah, like there's been bits and pieces um, in various modes, but this looks like, like are they going for the most legit yeah, Evil yeah. Dead so game it, experience possible? It, it's basically looks like the cabin from the original, from the first yeah, two movies, right. and it's the, you know, here's the classic car and it's Bruce Campbell doing the either you control one of the characters, but it's like a co-op action horror, you know, Left oh, okay. Dead. It looks like a Left 4 Dead type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I guess more scaled back than than that. Yeah, yeah. And it actually looks pretty cool. Like the visual, like visually, it looks on point. Like it actually nails the tone of the first two movies. So it could be fun. I mean, it's out, out this year too, so that looks pretty cool. Yeah. And then and then there's obviously, um, you know, like there's always a few like you know indie titles that just stand out with their art style that you're like okay and and e3 is always about the big games but then there's always like you know smaller titles that kind of grab you too and it's unfortunate that it's only really the ones that have like that sort of like distinct beautiful painterly or like very like the problem with like an e3 style thing or any sort of like showcase like this is that like if if the look doesn't grab you in the first few seconds then you may just immediately bounce off it i mean you may find out about it later you may play it later or or whatever the case might be but you know to drum up that hype to actually you know to be able to sit up there with you know big spectacle games like it has to grab you and there's a few of those already um planet of lana was one that a side scrolling looks hand-drawn just like really cool um organic sci-fi adventure yeah cool and there's a few others as well, like um, so, uh, well, Solar Ash we've kind of seen before. That's coming out this year. And there's there's always the um, you know the weird ones that, well, not weird ones, but like the ones that just kind of stand out to you. Metal Metal Slug Tactics, like if you remember the Neo Geo game. Yeah. So this is basically Metal Slug but with Advance Wars. And you're like, okay, and that yeah, that's what we need. Really good. <laughs> and it's from the publisher that did the recent Streets of Rage Four. Right. Which was a really cool, you know, like thirty, you know, twenty years later sequel from a Sega Mega Drive game. Yeah, <laughs> so Look, this is like a similar thing. Yeah, so where do you see like because there's been a lot of and yeah, you know, I know we've uh, in you know different contexts we've talked about things like you know what went wrong with Warcraft Three Reforged and different things, and we've got all the you know the um, the WoW classics and things going on. This sort of stuff to me feels like you know the stuff that excites me because. It is like sort of saying let's let's take something that we have loved in the past, but then really sort of think how how would you now build that into a modern experience yep. in some way? And that's where yeah, I think this kind of concept of going let's smash together Metal Slug with Advance Wars, you're like mm-hmm. oh that, why didn't somebody do that before and, yeah, and bring it, it on? And it keeps the like if you remember like Metal Slug, if you recall that you know playing that in the arcades or. I don't think anybody actually owned a Neo Geo <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the nineties, but like you remember, like just the animation just being insane, right? Like, and even if you watch it now, you might even go, "Okay, turn it down a bit." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're just showing off with their sprite animation, but this kind of like it's isometric, and it is a tactics game, but like the animation is still all or it's over the top in that sort of Metal Slug style. So it's like, yes, that's that's how you would imagine it today. Like yeah. it is presenting it, you know, you know, it's faithful to the series and it's obviously created by fans. Like yes. you know, Metal Slug goes back so far that it's not, a, you know, a real sequel in any sense. Yeah. 
No, that sounds awesome. Um, all right, let's look forward a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. What is coming up over the next couple of days that jumps out at you? Um, I know, look, I, I always just want to give a shout out to, you know, I'm sure there's the Devolver video press yes. conference thing where they just <laughs> go, you know, like the, the people have been murdered on stage. People I, have all sorts of <laughs> I call it the 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 D3U, it's the <laughs> Devolver E3 universe. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. They've been, they've been doing it for like since 2017 and they're just getting more and more elaborate and crazy. Yeah. And I remember that first one where it was that moment where you're kind of like, what the hell are they doing? This is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like a palate cleanser in the middle of all these <laughs> very strictly controlled demo sessions and release schedules. Like, was it last year or the year before when they had the whole bootleg thing where they literally, it looked like a joke and it's like, no, no, we like got another company we work with to make a bootleg version yes. of another game and then we're actually selling them. Mm. <laughs> and you're like, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. and then... Was it last year or the year before they created that um, it was a playable E3 expo so you could go into the show and actually shoot things up? And like, Obviously, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it sound bad. Yeah. It was It was basically abandoned. Like, you know, it's like a, yeah. you know, and it, it was, I can't remember which sort of like game it kind of like built on, but yeah, whether it was yeah. Shadow Warrior or anyway, it was kind of like, it was just like an FPS yeah. in, in the thing. And, and like they teased it and you're like, okay. But yeah. they actually built it. And then they go, yeah. and here it is. Come and play yeah. it. They're having fun. And which yeah. is good that Fall Guys was such a success because now they can just in, invest more money into this sort of craziness. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's it. Always worth checking out that video. Like just whatever, you know, at some point, whenever you've listened to this and you've got a free time, just go and dial up their video press conference and watch the whole thing because it is a wild trip and well worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. But, so apart from those guys, yeah, what, what else is... Uh, looking interesting or unknown on the horizon. Yeah. Um, the big one is Microsoft. It's Xbox and Bethesda. There's yep. also Square Enix are doing something. They've got a new announcement from Eidos Montreal, that's, but that's just a single title, I think, but they're doing the whole a whole show around it. So yep. <laughs> why not? Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Now's the time. Capcom are doing something, so they may announce some surprises. And... Um, Gearbox are going to Marvel do a big reveal. Marvel vs. Capcom 5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Gearbox are going to do a showcase. Apparently, there's rumors that they're, they're working on a Marvel game. Or is it 2K? I can't remember. But there's a few other individual publishers doing their own thing. And E3 has it actually begun. So E3 yeah. <laughs> kicks off with its own live stream. So there's going to be um, surprises. Hopefully, there's just like, you know, just something that comes out of nowhere that that you had no idea was coming and it, it is that sort of at that scale of you know of like an elden ring or something like that yeah i mean and i always sure like checking be. out the upload vr i think they're kind of hosting you know vr focused event at some point during all those streams uh, i always find that interesting to check out because it's in that space be like oh people are still being really experimental in that and it isn't necessarily always good but it's good to see where that space you know is getting to um, each time that comes around, and then is there still the special PC showcase where it's like, hey, oh yeah, the PC the PC gaming show as well. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> happening too on the same. It's basically all on on the same day as Microsoft, Square Enix, Capcom, yeah, and PC gaming show, and I think Devolver. 
So it's all just one big insanity fest. Wall-to-wall announcements on that day. Um, I'm kind of weirded out. that Well, not weirded out. It makes sense. But Bethesda and Xbox kind of mashing together into a single Mm. event. It then kind of makes more sense why they've already done a pre, let's talk about the platform. Um, But, you know, Bethesda's always been really good at, Putting, you know, putting up their latest and greatest at their E3 show. And in some ways, I'm not sure if it means we're going to get, you know, less of the pure Bethesda big picture stuff because they need to make room for the, and here's everybody else as well because we're Xbox mm. and we have to be a, you know, a happy, you know, circus tent for everybody to come and hang out inside. Um, That's right. That's it feels right. like it could be a bit of a tension there on not seeing as much as we'd hoped for. And is it almost that actually, but there's, you know, that we, well, we're not, are we not going to get dates on the all the things everybody wants from Bethesda ever? <laughs> that's that's right. But also the same for Xbox because Xbox traditionally they do their first party stuff, but they also they they've also traditionally been the stage for major th- third party announcements. Yeah, whether it was Cyberpunk or even like the previous Battlefields or. Other and and they've and they've shown, you know, multiple reveals of um, you know third party games. So is that going to have to be scaled back for Bethesda? Because I mean, they've announced that it's ninety minutes, but traditionally the Xbox showcases have been at least an hour, as far as I recall. So it's it's going to be jam packed. But I think by combining them, I and I think it's the smart decision. But I think the smart money would be on this being primarily a first party showcase because xbox game studios xbox game pass cloud gaming the console i mean we've they've we pretty much know everything of what their plan is hardware wise and infrastructure wise is now for the next five years yeah we just don't really know what games yeah yeah and what What are you gonna give us on what games do you have (laughs) they've got 23 studios and of those 23 we know psychonauts from double fine which was already in development is out this year yeah um we know halo infinite which was showcased last year is is out this year and there's been like teasers for things like there's a new perfect dark there's a new fable but these are all just teasers we're teasing forza um what else is we're working on they we've teased they've teased hellblade from ninja theory they've done like a bunch of teasers for the series x and you know like hey be excited which is all great but like we're at the stage now where it's like we need to see these games yeah and i think by adding bethesda in that's kind of to me in my mind that means that the whole show will end with a big starfield reveal yeah and that it's out either late this year or early next year yeah that's the hope but you know (laughs) do you um what did we get? Because I'm trying to remember which one was the last one. Have we we've had like they put a a V on screen or whatever you know for Elder Scrolls last six. year? Or? Yep. Oh, yeah. it was a few years ago. Yeah. Um. Oh, like because I was trying to place which one's going to come first, Starfield or Elder Scrolls? Starfield. Yeah. Yep. Starfield's been in development since Fallout okay. Four has been out, or actually before Fallout Four has been out. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. There was been rumors on it for ages. We actually don't even know really anything officially about the game well, like because that's it every time that, I, oh, oh. it feels like the the teasiest <laughs> we know as much. Te- you know it's <laughs> like it's a it's a logo on a star field you know like um yeah. <laughs> it is and, and like the hype is essentially this is the next game a brand new ip from the creators of the elder scrolls and 
uh, Fallout 3 and 4. It's yep. like it's their next major RPG. And Fallout 4, I think, was 2015 around there. So you're looking yeah. at, and this is the big game from that studio, from Todd Howard Studios. So you're looking at, at this point, five years in development, yeah. roughly, give or take. So that's pretty hefty. And if that's the case, then obviously it's new technology. Obviously, it's being built for, um, it was built in mind for at least, you know, high-end you know, Xbox One X or, or whatever. At the very least, they were expecting, you know, new hardware yeah. at, at the time. So it's so it's going to be like a pretty a big thing. And as to what it will be, who knows? I'm just hoping it's kind of like Mass Effect. Like if the original Mass Effect, which yeah. got its legendary, uh, legendary edition recently. Yeah. Like, you know, you could land on planets. All you could really do is drive around this huge square with the Mako that could barely <laughs> control. <Yeah. laughs> um, you just want that sort of like that sense of awe to be able to go, all right, I'm going to travel to this planet and land on it. I mean, other games do this, No Man's Sky and things like that. So you yeah, just have to wonder how okay. do you how do you merge that with like an accessible story-driven RPG? Yeah. You're like, No Man's Sky, but with Bethesda storytelling. I'm like... Yeah. You know what? I would. I really would. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Because that's what it would have to be, right? Like it couldn't be this um, procedurally generated, do whatever you want sort of game. Like you could have elements of, of all that sort of stuff. Because Fallout Four introduced, you know, settlement building and yeah. things like that, which I spent like so many hours building. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking now. I'm like, oh, you know, what if the tech that's in Fallout seventy six? could come across to you know yeah so there's you know also i think i think probably the more likely situation would be that starfield tech ended up in fallout 76 because i think it's been in development since long before fallout 76 really was point. even an idea yeah yeah i i mean that's like based on that sort of like you know i mean that teaser trailer kind of like and then what tower said like this is an idea we've had for you know it's it's building hype right it's like you know this is the like even before Mass Effect came out, if you remember when um, Bioware came out, they're like, you know, this is the dream of like, you know, the sci-fi dream we've had since we first started watching Star Trek back in the day as kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like it, it's that sort of like, you know, it's the same situation. Like this is the game we wanted to make, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that you can't help but get hyped from that. Like, you know, if you love sci-fi, it's like, all right, let's see what it is. Yeah. All right, I think we've probably rambled on long enough. Any other last thoughts or theories uh, floating around out there on uh, what's going to happen? I mean, I personally, I just, I do love that in the midst of all this, of course, we've had Ratchet and Clank actually drop as yeah, a I real know. game that can be that played. That is next gen. Yeah. And it's gorgeously next gen. And yeah, it's kind of a nice, you know, thing to go, yeah, well, let's, you can get excited about everything that might be coming later, but there's also a really hot looking game that's out right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's hoping that. Microsoft saw that Ratchet demo a year ago and then have been quickly getting ready to put together the same thing but Banjo-Kazooie and that's and that's what we get and then Banjo we just don't have to space. worry about yeah and then you know me like yeah Starfield Schmarfield <laughs> yeah and it's just like give us all the pretty uh you know dynamic effects and things that uh I like that's yeah that's what excites me about just everything I've seen because you know, I haven't been able to play Ratchet and Clank yet. I have no PlayStation 5. Oh, um, it's dude, like it is so next gen. Yeah. And it you looks... know what makes it next gen? The fact that the hard drive can, the fact that there's no loading is great, right? But what that means is that the real time cutscenes, like there's no gap between changing, cutting from angles or going from location to location. You fade out, you fade in. 
and then you're just instantly in these super detailed worlds like just like that and and it's, like you don't you're not even conscious of it but if you're conscious of it you're like you're like holy shit this is actually a real-time movie like, yeah yeah it actually it is that dream so like it's here yeah and that and that's pretty magical yeah, it's really cool that's awesome no, so so excited so i i guess i'd better just go back to spamming yep. all the websites searching for playstation <laughs> 5s to become available god damn it <laughs> um look i'm sure you're gonna have more sleepless nights ahead but i always feel like you know us aussies are really good at dealing with these weird nights and things because it's like that's just as sports fans growing up it was always the thing you had to do to watch anything yeah. big happening in the world and you always just laugh at you know colleagues in europe and america when they're like oh my god like you had to get up at the, and you're like that's just how it works for us if we want to see cool things happen in real time we get up in the middle of the night that's what we do exactly <laughs> it's at three in the morning that's when the magic happens <laughs> yeah um where should people check out your stuff online to uh keep up with because yes. I, yeah many yeah. by the time they're listening to this will have heard all the reveals and they can go and dial it up and see exactly yeah, definitely we'll be covering it in full over at Oz Gamers, we've already got a in-depth uh, interview with the design director at Dice on Battlefield 2042. Got a big preview on that happening. We've got a bunch of previews for unannounced things coming over the weekend. Because there's also we've got about Ubisoft. Ubisoft has got stuff to show as well on Sunday. Um, that may yeah. or may not be related to that. I don't know. What, can't remember what the NDA says, but the NDA said don't say anything. So yeah. Just cut this bit out. <laughs> may or may not say anything. Yeah. yeah. So there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. So, yeah, come to Oz Gamers and we're on Twitter, Facebook, and also myself, Costa Andriatis, on Twitter under Todovsky, which awesome. would need to be spelled, but don't worry about it. Yeah. I'll look, I'll, I'll put links in show notes. That's what we yeah. do. And that way people can go podcast. Oh, yeah, there's a button that says notes. Oh, look, there's a link right there. I can click it and go to the place. <laughs> awesome. That's how That's how these things work. Yeah, at least, yeah, we try. When when they're working properly, that's how they work. Um, recently, with updates to Apple Podcasts, they've actually stopped a whole bunch of, uh, for a while, links didn't work, um, oh. even though in their spec it says you can even you know, embed the link onto the text, you know, how to do that. Um, that just didn't work for a while. Um, so I just try to keep it as simple as possible and have the link just right there underneath some text. It says, here is the link to the thing. <laughs> So, yes, if you're listening to this, go and look at all those links in there. It's juicy and delicious. Thank you for listening. Costa, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you, Shane. Appreciate it. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you again for another show real soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.